the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 170 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Alan Watsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 14. I'm Liam, and I'm 11. And uh, we're going to do part three of Duel of the Fates today. Before we get to that, I want to uh, send out a reminder to everybody that next week, on Tuesday of next week, that's August 18th, we are going to be doing a Zoom recording. Let us know if you want to get in on that by emailing us at forcechildren at gmail.com. We've already had a couple people say yes. I want to join. and uh, But there's room for more. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of room for more. Uh, should be fun. You know, if we have too many people, then we'll just say, oh, we'll have to do this again next week. Yeah. Uh, so that's okay. We'll, we'll make sure there's enough time for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it could be a mess. It could be fun. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but you know we'll get to talk to some. I think it'll be some both. listeners. Yeah, I think it'll be both yeah. fun yeah. and a mess. Yeah, so I think uh, we're gonna get right on to Duel of the Fates now, because we're reading through that unused script for episode nine. We have had two episodes already where we've read through the beginning of the movie. If you want to hear part one and two, go back and listen to episodes one hundred and sixty-six and one hundred and sixty-eight. Uh, if you haven't listened to those, listen to those first, and then come back here and listen to part three. Unless you want to be spoiled, which I don't know why you would. Well, yeah, I mean, the story's just going to make more sense if you listen to them in order. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so just a quick recap, when we last left off, Kylo had made it to Remnicor, and he met Torvalum, who's going to teach him some stuff, some dark side stuff. Uh, Finn, Rose, 3PO, and R2 are in Rose's ship. They have escaped... Uh, that planet that the rebel base was on because it was destroyed by the First Order. Uh, they escaped the planet. They're going to Coruscant to turn on this old-timey transmitter that the Jedi had that, because no one's able to communicate in the galaxy because somehow the First Order is... Well, they unplugged the Wi-Fi, so now they're going to they're mm-hmm. start up the dial-up modem at the, in the Jedi Temple, uh, and everyone's going to be communicating... On landline telephones. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Ray, Poe, and Chewie are off to a planet called Bonadan to find an old Force-sensitive friend of Poe's who he thinks is going to help them find Mortis. And uh, Ray... Had a vision of Mortis. Had a vision of Mortis, and she thinks Kylo is also going there, and she has to stop him from... Getting, gaining the power of Mortis, whatever that is. And uh, according to Torvalum, the power of Mortis is the power to shape and control the galaxy without weapons, but to control it maybe through just the Force, right? And we kind of saw this in, in those Clone Wars episodes where, you know, you got the dark, the, the son and the daughter, and the father was the bal- uh, maintained the balance between the two, and somehow what happened there you know, affected the universe as a whole. And that's why the father wanted Anakin to take his place as the one who maintains balance, which Mm kind of has to do with the prophecy of the one who would restore balance to the force. And I always thought maybe that was George Lucas's way of saying like, this is what the the prophecy was talking about. Even though the Jedi thought it was talking about like, you know, someone who would defeat the Sith. Right. Right. 
Um, now we still, there's still a lot of mystery around that prophecy. And I don't think that it's been explained completely and it probably never will. Um, but, uh, anyway, let's get on to Duel of the Fates part three. On Bonadan, sunset. The falcon descends into a valley of cylindrical mountains rising over water spotted with junk boats. This planet exists in permanent sunset, lit by its bustling night markets. The falcon lands on a multi-leveled docking array. It feels like a tower of lily pads, a visiting ship on each. That's funny, you know, like people always kind of make fun of Star Wars planets, how they're a single ecosystem. And this planet is a single time of day. <laughs> Permanent sunset. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. On the docking array, Poe argues with two stumpy langles, Oki and Sako, at the base of the Millennium Falcon's ramp. Poe says, I know it's a Corellian light freighter, but you're going to say it's a Pratter cruiser in the registry. That's why I winked when I gave you the money. Understand what's happening here? <laughs> Oke and Soko chatter in their alien language, voices rising. Poe continues, Okay, which one of you is in charge? Because you're both the size of children where I come from. Ray exits the Falcon. Poe stops her. Whoa, whoa. You can't go out like that. You look like a... Jedi. What's that supposed to mean? Just tone it down a little. Chewie, will you straighten these guys out? Chewbacca takes over negotiations with the Langles. The landing pads rotate and descend, lowering the Falcon's platform to water level, an elegant and fluid system. Poe leads Ray toward a toothless merchant selling jewelry and sari-like robes. Poe says, how much for this one? Ray takes out her credits. The merchant shakes her head, closes Ray's hand around the money. Thank you. I guess he's saying you don't have to pay for right. this. So. Hmm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Chewbacca has one of the Langles lifted off the ground, using him as a bargaining chip against the other one. Ah, Chewie, negotiate, persuade, quietly. Chewbacca shakes his head and whines as if to say, I am. In the Bonadan night market, Ray and Poe step off a junk boat ferry into a sensory overload of lights, smells, and tastes. Aliens and humans haggle over prices of artisan crafts and live animals. Packs of teenagers eat bizarre street food from market stalls. Kids laugh at buskers and street performers. A freak show hawker beckons them to a curtained booth. Come witness the frothing eye of loyal Karn! They walk among the oddities and wonders, undercover. Ray's colorful sari gives her an exotic elegance we've never seen. She uncomfortably adjusts her incognito hooded pullover. Poe says... I like it. You look like a local. You've been here before? With my grandfather. I used to sail right out there. You've never seen so many lights. He eyes her. What do you remember? Ray digs for a memory before her abandonment. My father and I would build starships out of wood. They could fit in your hand. Anything else? I remember love. That's why I waited for so long. I must have imagined it. They were no one. Poe looks at her in the setting sunlight, wishing he could change the past for her, but unable. No one is no one. Ray takes that in. 
Then she spots a trio of mech troopers scanning the crowd ahead. Poe follows her eyes, puts his hand on his blaster. Ray says, No. She pulls Poe into the market stall, eyeing them through hanging cloth. An old female Utai peddler barks at them to taste the spicy clawfish soup she's selling. The Utai peddler says, Kazazan, nip, nip. Poe says, No, not hungry. She holds out the steaming ladle to Poe, encouraging. Don't be, Kazazan. One of the mech troopers looks in their direction. Okay, here, just shh. Poe drinks from the soup ladle. Mmm, see? Mmm. His face turns red. He coughs from the intense heat. The Utai and her friends laugh. The Utai peddler says, I know dirty? No, it's good. He coughs harder, getting worse. The mech trooper moves in their direction, hearing the violent coughing. Ray grabs Poe by the shirt and pulls him into a... Ray grabs Poe by the shirt and pulls him into a kiss. <laughs> I'm miserable. I'm so glad this wasn't a movie. <sighs> Ray grabs Poe by the shirt and pulls him into a kiss. You have to read it again. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm thinking about when I edit all this together, and I'm trying to do it without a lot of commentary, uh, okay. too, right? Uh, <laughs> He's going to fuck my Yeah, face. yeah. Uh, Ray grabs Poe by the shirt and pulls him into a kiss, hiding his face behind her headscarf. The mech trooper sees the two lovers from afar while the Utai women applaud in the background. He moves on. Ray and Poe pull apart. He takes a moment to recover. He's never kissed a Jedi. Ray says, Did it work? Poe says, I mean, I think so. <sighs> Ray looks past him at the mech troopers walking away. Oh, so that wasn't... No. They eye each other, wishing the Force could stop time. It says we Ray should... lying. No. Ray lies that means and she's says lying no. when she says no. Right. Meaning it wasn't an act. It was a... oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't quite understand that. They eye each other, wishing the force could stop time. Ray says We should Right. Yeah. Don't like that. No. <laughs> I don't like this. It's terrible mm. movie. Terrible. Terrible script. All right. In the Navigator's Den on Bonadan, a circular room draped with colorful silks, devoted followers sit around the edges smoking all manner of pipes and vaporizer devices. An electro-harpist plays ethereal music. Nomi, a tiny alien child who appears no older than five, sits on a pillow at the center of a floor made of marbles. She consults quietly with an alien couple on the brink of divorce. They cry, touching foreheads. Ray and Poe enter through hanging beads. Poe says, easy on the details. She doesn't have to know who or why, just what. Nomi senses Ray and smiles past the couple in front of her. Nomi says, A Jedi, the last. All eyes turn to Poe and Ray. Poe says, or this, we can do it this way. Nomi nods to the couple before her, touching their chests. Go. And then she says to Ray, Come, sit. The Jedi and the man. Conspiratorial asides in the gallery. Ray and Poe walk barefoot over the marbles fitted into the stone floor. You seek a place. And Ray says, A planet. Nomi says, 
Mortis is the place. And Ray replies, Yeah, I saw it in... And Nomi says, The mouth on the Jedi stops, and the mind makes the picture. The Force fills the Jedi and reveals the destination. Poe nods encouragingly. Ray closes her eyes and breathes. The tiny marbles in the floor rise into the air, taking the three-dimensional shape of the galaxy all around them. Nomi continues, The destination is very old. The first to know the Force. The first where the good was done, and evil too. Ray opens her eyes, surrounded by floating marbles, and says, Which one? Nomi says, The destination lies within. Poe says, Look, we're in a hurry. The man will not speak. <laughs> the marbles swirl above Ray, a galaxy around her. The eyes close. Only the Jedi knows the path. Nomi's voice grows distant as Ray falls deep into meditation. We flash to Mortis, snow on the peak, autumn leaves in the valley below. A voiceover from Nomi says, There the two will meet, drawn together by the Force. We see the temple, two thrones in the rock, a well of light pulsing from deep within the mountain below. The dark side and the light. We see a cloaked figure standing before Ray, his mask unmistakable. There she will make the sacrifice. The flash of a red lightsaber, jarring, violent as Kylo Ren strikes Ray down. Ray snaps out of her vision. Poe says, Wait, what? A flat black oval stone at the center of the marble array falls from orbit into Nomi's palm. What do you mean, sacrifice? She hands it to the rabbit-sized Astro-Scrivener, Geb, seated at a tiny easel. He paints a star map of the chosen location. The Jedi must go alone. No, hold on a second. Jeb, the Astro-Scrivener, tears the drawn planetary map off his easel, limps to Ray, and hands it over. Ray says, Thank you. Poe says, We're not leaving. What did she see? What did you see? The Jedi will make the journey. The journey will answer the question. What question? Can we all just take a deep breath and talk about this? Ray stops at the door and says, Is there another path? Nomi looks at Ray with wide, unreadable eyes and says, There is always another path. All right. Weird. Yeah. His little kid. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Did I do a good enough kid voice? Uh, I could hear that you were a kid when you were reading. Mm, good. Very nice. All <laughs> right. Very little kid. Yeah. All right. On Coruscant, at night, Rose's phantom hawk descends through the skyscraper canyons. The city plunges underground below them, dense and alive like roots of a tree. In the phantom hawk, Finn and Rose observe through the cockpit panel. So many people living underground. Rich folks don't spend much time thinking about what they're standing on. Finn eyes the darkened Jedi temple in the distance. That's it. Drop R2 and 3PO at street level. 3PO says, I'm afraid all my knowledge of Coruscant is limited to the upper levels. R2-D2 beeps. Elitist? Where do you even learn these words? <laughs> all right. Outside, elitist means like, uh, like you're... 
you think you're better than everybody else and mm-hmm. you're a member you're of the, the higher elite. The, the, the elite the one percent you know the people who are richer than everybody else yeah. the phantom hawk rises from the streets leaving r2 and 3po behind the ship ascends on the darkened roof of a skyscraper in skeletal stage lights off in the abandoned skyscraper an unfinished floor, beams and girders only. Rose and Finn open a case, fold out their grappling cannon. Thunk, thunk. Rose bolts the gun into the concrete floor. Finn attaches a sniper scope to the muzzle of the cannon, aims at the top of the Jedi Temple spire a quarter mile away. Ready? The grappling cannon fires. Sticks. They harness in. You don't have a fear of heights, do you? It's not the height I'm afraid of, it's hitting the ground. So, you'll be fine if we don't fall. They unlatch and zipline a thousand feet above the city. In the Jedi Temple Spire at night, Finn and Rose crash through the shattered window and unbuckle. The chamber is barely recognizable, long forgotten. Finn says into his calm, R2, you have that message ready? Outside at the Jedi Temple Courtyard, R2-D2 beeps, leading C-3PO through the decrepit courtyard at the base of the temple, a sad reminder of a better time. This doesn't look like the Jedi Temple to me. They move past oil drum fires and covetous looks from the city dwellers, the poorest of the poor. What do you mean I stand out? R2 beeps. Gold is not ostentatious. Leave the vocabulary to me, you glorified mechanic. A vagabond alien steps in front of 3PO. Several others appear from behind, rubbing their hands across his wares. Excuse me? Oh my! A strobe light blinds them. Stormtrooper voice says, Get away from that droid! The dwellers scatter. The strobe shuts off, revealing the light and the audio recording came from R2-D2. Thank goodness. Don't ever leave me again. R2-D2 leads them through a crumbled wall inside the temple, revealing the grand entrance hall, gothic arched ceilings over a massive kyber crystal mounted like a holy sculpture. Really? What? Yeah, I'm confused. There isn't a massive kyber crystal in the entrance hall of the Jedi Temple? Well, now there is. <laughs> well, why would, why would someone put it there? Yeah, and why didn't the First Order already take it and right. use it for something? I don't know. Maybe that's something. Hmm. Back at the Jedi Temple Spire, Rose and Finn run their fingers along the smooth walls. Rose finds a pyramid-shaped socket. Found one. Finn finds another identical panel across the room. He unwraps a pair of crystals, throws her one. No! She catches it. 5,000-year-old Kuiper crystal. Very rare. You hand it to me. Sorry. They insert their crystals into the sockets. Ready? Three, two... Click. The spire rumbles. The floor opens. A huge copper machine rises up. Old Republic tech around a central conducting chamber. Power flows through it, humming. Grand. Then it shorts out. Sparks fall. The machine goes dark. Can't it be easy? Just one time... On Remnicor, at night, a three-tusked gronk boar squeals, struggling to run in place. The animal's eyes roll back as the living force is drained into Kylo's open hand, reducing it to a husk. Kylo opens his eyes. Yeah, 
Kylo opens his eyes. His face has more life, his eyes brighter, scars receded, empowered, grateful. Tor Valum smiles like a parent who just taught his child to ride a bicycle. More. There is no more. You have consumed all that remains. This is your one chance to change his voice. Nope, I'm sticking with it. All right, then. (laughs) A wind cuts from an ice cave beyond. A faint glow within. What's down there? A vergence. I can feel it. There is more within. Go. Kylo puts on his mask and enters. In the Virgin's cave at night, the light from Kylo's red saber refracts in the vast walls. The cave is empty, but not silent. There is a sound from the darkness, breathing. From the shadows comes the hulking presence of Darth Vader. It's like Luke. (laughs) Yeah. Kylo stands his ground, lightsaber up, unsure what is happening. Vader ignites his own weapon, swings. Kylo blocks. Vader strikes again, forcing the descendant of Skywalker to defend himself. It's a brutal fight, intense lightsaber combat between two iconic villains. But Kylo is no match. Vader strikes him down. He screams in pain, falls to the ground. Kylo struggles to remove his mask. Breathless, looks down at his chest wound. It no longer exists. He is alone. Kylo staggers from the cave, angry, disoriented. Where is Mortis? The well of the living force. The source of the galaxy's birth. I want to be stronger than those who came before. Where is it? Kylo's eyes are alive, hungry. You are not worthy of its power. Not yet. Kylo reaches out his arm and force holds Tor Valum, delving deep into his mind. Where is Mortis? Tor Valum's smile goes away. He grits his teeth, pained as Kylo probes and extracts. Release me. I see it. Betrayer, I gave you knowledge. A mountain in winter. No, fall. I gave you everything. I know, you've given me so much. The light of the living force drains from Torvalum into Kylo's open hand. Thank you. The ancient being falls dead. Reduced to a withered shell. Uh, Well, I don't think Kylo's gonna come back in this one. (laughs) No, you don't think so? He's like, literally. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see. He's like 20 times eviler than Darth Vader. We'll see. No, not 20 times. I feel like like that cave scene had no purpose. Yeah, me too. Exactly. He just went in and then came out. Right. There was literally no purpose. Yeah. That was just like, wouldn't it be cool to see Darth Vader and Kylo Ren fight each other? <laughs> and, and tie it like Luke did in his cave? Yeah, yeah. That's some... It had literally no purpose. Some pretty basic rhyming right there. You know, they always say that George Lucas always said Star Wars rhymes, you know, like things right. repeat and stuff, but usually it's not like 
It's not so no obvious. <laughs> Back on Bonadan, outside the navigator's hut at night, Ray collapses, a powerful disturbance coursing through her. I thought it was only sunset. That's a good point. <laughs> Wouldn't it be on, at sunset? <laughs> it should be at sunset. <laughs> should be at sunset. <laughs> uh, so confused. Yeah. A powerful disturbance coursing through her. Poe says, what is it? He's growing stronger. Poe looks around the market as if Kylo is nearby. We don't have much time. And on Coruscant in the Jedi Temple Spire, sparks fly as Rose welds the broken conductor into place. Finn says, Will this old thing work with modern droids? You're asking me about the mechanics of a force-powered antenna. Out of your realm of expertise? Out of anyone's realm of expertise. She closes the panel, flips a rusted lever. Silence. So, is it like an on button, or... Thum. A light ignites within the machine. Listen, if this goes sideways, I just want to say... Say what? A column of light shoots down the hollow spire. Why couldn't it have they made Finn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. And then Rose and then <laughs> Rose Ray. and Ray don't need to be a thing though. Ray and Rose, yeah. Definitely. But I like playing Rose though. It's fun. I feel yeah. like she has a lot of attitude. Yeah, yeah. At the Temple Spire base, C3PO lurches as the ground vibrates. The column of light from the spire above connects with the kyber crystal below. It glows. R2-D2 wheels next to the column of light and projects a hologram message directly into the data stream. The light beam shoots up into the sky, visible for miles. The poor and downtrodden look up at the beacon, faces warmed by its light. Among them, Dade smiles, hopeful. Dade is that kid we saw yeah. earlier, remember, at the execution. In deep space, the light leaves Coruscant and connects to a nearby planet. On the planet of Agora 6 in the daytime, hills rise above a dense layer of palm jungle. Atop one, a thousand-year-old receiver from the Old Republic. The light hits the receiver, disappearing within. An old copper machine consumes the light. The gears spin and whirl. Monitors come to life with arabesque code. An ancient Bendu monk rises to his feet, looks to the sky. He's been waiting for this a long time. I wonder if that Bendu monk would look like the Bendu, or if it's just a like a human or yeah. kind of normal alien that considers themselves a Bendu monk. You know, yeah. I think that's probably the case, but interesting. Lights blink and flash as the machine decodes the data stream back into an image. Leia, elegant in her white robes. Mm. Yeah. On an Agora 6 settlement, peasants in a breadline look up at the light hitting the receiver in the distance. Suddenly, a nearby R4 unit droid beeps wildly and projects the hologram of Leia, which says, This is General Leia Organa of the Resistance. The receiver sends another beam of light from its core, angled on a different trajectory, into the sky. The beacon of light leaves the Agora system and connects to Wavit, a light blue planet further into space. At the Wavit shipyard, workers look up as the light hits the receiver perched on a cliff overlooking the ocean. Suddenly, every droid in the yard simultaneously projects the hologram message from Leia. The time has come to forge a path to freedom. On Mon Kala, at a fish bar, 
The Mon Calamari paused to listen to the hologram emanating from several droid servers inside the floating eatery. The forces of oppression have ruled our galaxy for too long. On Gria, a village of floating straw huts on water, the light hits a man-made stone tower on the horizon. We must join together and fight. Send your fastest ships. On Bothawi City, muscular canine Bothans look up. All your warriors. In the Trandosha Palace at night, Bosk, sitting like a sultan in his den of pleasures, turns angrily toward the hologram projected from his servant droid. Our voices will not be silenced. Bosk looks out his window at the light connecting to a red rock spire in the darkness. In the distance. Bosk. So Bosk? Wait. <laughs> Who are these people again? Did these people do the Lego movie? No. Because there's the exact no. same thing like this in the Lego movie. <laughs> Remember? No, I don't. Because cause there were those people that were going to do a Lego movie in Star Wars, right? Yeah, they were going to do Solo. Do solo. They were okay. doing Solo, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Bosk looks out his window at the light connecting to a red rock spire in the distance. He clenches his fist. On ta- why is Bosk mad? Um, why is Bosk mad? Maybe because Bosk doesn't want a rebellion. I don't know. I don't know. But they Another put pointless Bosk scene. in there. <laughs> just for people to be like, hey, it's Bosk. Yeah. Just kind of weird. And then there'll be like a video. It'll be like, 10 Easter eggs you, you missed noticed. in Star Wars. <laughs> it'll be like, Bosk. Did you know that egg? this was Bosk? Like, Bosk was in Empire Strikes Back. What? You only covered up the whole screen. <laughs> <laughs> you might have missed it. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the Bothans too on Bothawi. Uh, Bothans were a big legends, uh, legends species, mm-hmm. but they've never been depicted in a movie. They still or in a TV show. Like, I don't think. Can you search up Bothans? Uh, they kind of look, look like, like they kind of look like dog slash horse people. Okay, okay, Where? okay. You gotta anyway. look them up. Yeah, I'll show them. No, like right now. There's there's very little canon representation of Bothans. In fact, I'm not sure there is a definitive canon visual depiction of a Bothan. But you know, you like the the line from Mon Mothma is, you know, many Bothans died to get us these plans, right? Uh, uh the plans for the second Death Star. Anyway, that's that's the Bothans. Gotta have the Bothans in there. Bothans and Bosk. Alright. Now on uh this is still this thing is still going on on Tatooine, a moisture farm in the day. Setting suns against a boy and his sister at the base of a vaporator tower, watching their R6 unit play the hologram. We can no longer live in the shadow of the First Order. At the Bonadan Market. Sunset. Oh, imagine that. (laughs) Ray and Poe step through a dense, captivated crowd as droids project the end of the message. We must step into the light. Leia stands on the Eclipse Destroyer Bridge, watching the light connecting planets. A familiar group of Resistance fighters join her, their eyes wide and hopeful. On the Remnicor Tundra at night, as he approaches his ship, Kylo Ren feels the light in the sky. It's visible in the stars above. He moves to a rocky overlook, closes his eyes, concentrates, holds out his hand. The rocks around him vibrate, deep. 
the light in the sky halts, stopped by an immovable force. Wow, he's strong. Interesting. In space, the light is frozen in place like a suspended laser blast, thrumming as pressure builds. Back at the Jedi Temple Spire, the beam grows in intensity. The receiver quakes. Something's wrong. Go, go. Rose and Finn dive away as the ancient device explodes. On the Eclipse Destroyer Bridge, the light goes dark. The fire of revolution extinguished. Leia is overcome with an ominous feeling of loss. At the Bonadan Night Market, the holograms disappear. Ray's hope turns to alarm. Ray says, We have to get to the ship. Poe says, What is it? Ray is already moving, pushing through the crowd. On Coruscant at the Temple Spire, Rose and Finn climb from the rubble, coughing on dust. <coughs> you okay? They are suddenly surrounded by a trio of TIE fighters, laser cannons aimed through the open, arched windows. Come on. Finn clips onto the zip wire. Rose grabs on. They zip away from the tower as the temple spire explodes behind them. In the courtyard below, R2-D2 and C-3PO hurry out of the collapsing temple, swallowed by a cloud of dust. Wait, if the temple spire is exploding and their thing is connected to it, aren't they going to fall? Yep. (laughs) I don't know how that works. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) I guess maybe we'll find out. Maybe not. It's not finished. They probably would have worked on it more. Right. Yeah, they would have figured that part out. They would have. Above Coruscant, Finn and Rose escape the fireball, but the TIE fighters turn and pursue them, blasting away. Rose draws her weapon and shoots at the enemy ships in midair. She shatters the front windshield of one, hitting the pilot. It spins out and crashes. Rose is grazed by a laser blast. She screams in pain. The zip line snaps as the temple spire crumbles. Rose falls into darkness. Rose! Finn swings into the open floor of the unfinished skyscraper, struggles to unhook himself. The TIE fighters hover around the skeletal structure on either side and fire into it. Finn runs for his life as the blasts ricochet off steel girders all around him. He slides into a stairwell under heavy fire. At the Bonadan night market, Ray crumbles, emotional, feeling Finn's pain. Finn. She looks up at Poe, the crushing feeling of loss growing heavier. But Poe is looking at something behind her. A Tosca Wren through the separating crowd. Ought and Laurel Wren on either side, menacing amidst the carnival lights and box lanterns. Ray rises, backing away from the oncoming Knights of Wren. Poe says, Okay, I'm with you. We gotta get to the ship. She reaches for her lightsaber. Not here. Ray eyes the children and peasants in the market. Poe's right. They can't take more casualties. Ray clenches her fist and force pushes everything around her. A powerful concussion blast that knocks everything away, including Poe. He flies off the edge of the market wall and plunges into the water below. Ray jumps onto the dock and unhooks a razor sail, powered by a Dyson-like air cannon. Get on! Poe swims to the boat's ladder. Can you sail? Ray channels the force and fills the sail with a gust of wind that launches them into the bay. She's an airbender now. (laughs) (laughs) Poe and Ray speed across the bay toward the landing array. This boat is very fast. 
Something fires from above, exploding the water all around. Ray looks up. Knife nine. Speeds over the water toward them. Get to the bow cannon. I'll drive. Poe takes the helm while Ray activates the laser harpoon mounted on the front. She blasts away at knife nine, while Poe steers them toward the Falcon's docking array. Inside the knife nine. Hatoska ran pilots with cold precision. Jadic, Ott, and Laurel sit in surrounding. <laughs> Laurel. 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 It's such a scary name. Laurel. Jadic sounds kind of scary. <clears throat> Ott is like Ott. eh. Laurel. 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 It's tell terrifying Laurel. name. Terrifying. <laughs> We're not making fun of people who have the name Laurel. No, it's just, no. It's, it's not Laurel's scary. not a scary name. It's L-O-R-L is how it's spelled. Usually Laurel, the name Laurel, is spelled L-A-U-R-E-L. Let's just take a vowel out of it. It won't sound as, it'll sound scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Names without vowels are so frightening. Laurel. Laurel. Okay. Jadic, Ott, and Laurel sit in surrounding cockpit chairs. The razor sail now takes fire from all sides. Ray thinks fast, turns the harpoon, and shoots the sail cord. She reaches out to Poe. Hold on. Poe joins her and holds on tight. The disconnected sail lifts them up like parasailers onto the first revolving landing pad of the docking bay. The razor sail hits the shore and explodes. Knife nine banks away from the explosion, but turns right around. They're not done yet. On the land... (laughs) <laughs> on the on the landing platform at uh, funnily enough sunset Chewbacca is waiting by the ship Chewie we drew some attention an adjacent landing pad lowers into view knife nine rests on it I can't do it every time <laughs> knife nine it's pretty good I mean I can do it every time I mean, whatever I'll do it I'll do it again I guess Knife nine rests on it. The four knights of Wren stand ominously out front, their platform rising even with the falcons. Ray activates her lightsaber. Stand back. Ray leaps onto their landing pad and takes them on, spinning and striking fast, outmatched but relentless. Poe and Chewbacca unload their blasters at Jadik, who deflects with skill while firing a pistol with one free hand. Ray fights Hataska, lightsaber versus darksaber, then force pushes him off the edge of the landing array. He falls 50 feet to the next pad below. Ott and Laurel stay on her. Say Laurel. <laughs> and Lorelei. I was building up, was just building up yep, laughs, yep. waiting for it because yep. I knew it was coming. Rory Wren and Lorelei Wren. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be Rory and Lorelei Wren. <laughs> Ow, my elbow just cracked. Okay. okay. Anyway, that's from Gilmore Girls, if you don't know. This isn't the Children of the Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> Okay. 
Ott and Laurel stay on her, moving in coordination, an unseen hive communication keeping their deadly attacks in sync. Poe and Chewie can't get a shot in on Jadik. His blaster fires fast, fully automatic. Poe is grazed. He screams in pain. Ray hears Poe's scream. It brings rage. She kicks Laurel away, buying a moment of one-on-one with Ott. She slices through him, dropping him cold. Then she spins on Laurel, reaches out, and Force pulls him into her lightsaber, impaling him. No, Lorelei! <laughs> a ghostly screech as Hataska returns, swinging wildly. Ray disconnects her double saber and blocks his strike, one saber blade still impaled in Laurel's chest, the other clenched with Hataska. Beneath the falcon, Chewbacca peppers Jadik Wren with bowcaster fire. Jadik struggles to deflect the shots while Chewbacca advances. He reaches Jadik, grabs him by the neck, and hurls him off the landing pad. Then he lifts his bowcaster and fires, hitting Jadik in midair like a clay pigeon. Hataska strikes at Ray. Brutal swings, his darksaber sparking when it hits the concrete. He grazes her. She drops her lightsaber and falls back, unarmed. Hataska stands over her. Raises his darksaber for the kill. When he does, Ray gets a good look at his mask. She just killed two people. Like, she's not that kind of person to kill people. Well, they're trying to kill her. Right, but she doesn't kill people. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Sure she does. She killed the troopers in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I guess. Stormtroopers. Yeah, and we get a force back to dark figures in the rain. Voices. Could be a flashback? Oh, this is actually connecting to what we see in The Force Awakens. Interesting. We get a force back to dark figures in the rain, voices screaming, lightning flashes revealing Hataska Wren. Back to Bonadan Docking Bay. This vision stirs a deep, vengeful anger in Rey, one she can't yet explain but knows to be true. Hataska brings his saber down, but she extends her good hand, teeth clenched, Eyes burning. Purple force lightning flows from her fingertips. <laughs> what? Why is what? it purple? I don't know. Because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Hataska Ren's skull flashes within his helmet as the electricity destroys him. The body falls, smoking. Ray rises. Poe and Chewbacca are watching her, disturbed. Ray says, I, I had no choice. Poe says, It's okay. Jedi do that, right? I've seen that mask before. All of them. Poe and Chewie head for the Falcon, but Ray does not follow. Ray, let's go. No. You can't go where I'm going. What are you talking about? This was the plan. The Resistance needs you. Finn and Rose need you. Ray, get on the ship, please. You have to leave this place. I'm not leaving you. Ray knows what she has to do. Hates it. You will leave this place and go back to help the Resistance. I'm not... Don't do this. She approaches Poe, delicately brushes her fingertips over his bleeding forehead. You will leave this place and go back to help the Resistance. Chewbacca howls. No, you can't. Poe feels his mind slipping away from him. You will leave this place and go back to help the Resistance. Ray takes Poe's face in her hands and kisses him. 
<laughs> I mean, like, I do shit Poe and Finn, but, like, Ray and Poe, even if I didn't, they're just not right. <laughs> they're just not right together. When she pulls away, Poe looks distraught, saddened. I... I have to leave this place. I have to help the resistance. Poe turns and walks up the ramp. Chewbacca follows. BB-8 looks up at Ray, ever faithful. She's purposefully cold. Go. BB-8 beeps mournfully and follows them on board. Ray watches as the Falcon's ramp rises, obscuring Poe and Chewbacca from her sight. I hate when people are like, I have to do this alone. I know, I know, I know. Strangely, as it closes, Poe holds up a hand goodbye, his sentience breaking through the mind trick. The falcon rises into the sky, Ray's sorry robes whipping in the wind. Inside the Knife Nine, Ray enters the cockpit, places Nomi's hand-drawn map on the console, rests her lightsaber on top of it. Her left hand is cut and bleeding. She wraps it with the sash from her sari, then removes the civilian robes to reveal the black warrior's clothing beneath. She catches her reflection in the mirror. A Jedi. The Knife Nine rises into the air and rockets into space. Kylo Ren leaves Remnicor's orbit in his TIE silencer, mask off. A holocom transmission from Hux appears on his dash. Supreme Leader. The Resistance attempted to override the communications blockade. Do you really not know who stopped them? Hux's face betrays him. He didn't know. Such treachery cannot stand. We must respond swiftly. Our empire is strong. Show them. Your absence emboldens them. If you've acquired the power you seek, show it. Snoke was right about you, Hux. Without faith... You serve only yourself. Kylo shuts the holocom off, sets new coordinates manually, blasts into light speed. I mean, Kylo does too. <laughs> That's true. Like. Yeah. Um, all right. So now Ray and Kylo are both off to Mortis. <sighs> and that's where we're going to leave off for today. Interesting. I don't really like Ray force tricking Poe. But I like how it said it like showed Poe was not weak minded. Like yeah. he can resist. Yeah. And he almost did. Yeah. He resisted. She's just really, really three powerful. Times, right. Um, I wonder if if they're gonna get into any more of that flashback that she had. Yeah. Of the Knights of Ren or if that's it. She knew them. Like what was that scene? Like why did what she see that? It? I don't know if, if he'll get into that at all or not. Either way, it's not canon, but it'd be interesting to see what uh, what could have been. All right, well, that was fun. I think we have at least we probably have two more two more episodes. Nice of Duel of the Fates. Um, yeah, so thank you everyone for listening to episode one hundred and seventy of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. Uh, remember also everybody that we're doing that zoom show next week. So email us and let us know if, uh, if you want to partake and I can give you the code and all that stuff. We'll figure it out. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us online in other ways, you can contact us via Twitter at 
Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email address is ForestChildren at gmail.com. Email us. Yep. Our website is ChildrenOfTheForce.com. Yeah. And head on over to SpeakPipe.com slash Children of the Force and leave us a voicemail that we'd love to play on the show. And finally, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to us. It really does help the show get into more people's ears, so we'd really appreciate it. Uh, remember also that we're on, you know, other ways to listen to us too. We're on Spotify. Google, yeah. Google Podcasts, um, and iTunes, Stitcher, right? iTunes. Yeah, I mean it's all Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. Uh, uh, yep, yeah. we're a bunch of different places. You can always find where we are uh, by going to childrenoftheforce.com, and links are in every episode post. So every single one. Every single one. All right. Well, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And... May the Force be with you.